welcome back to the Fin Factor. I'm Paul. I'm Aaron. This is episode number 160. Aaron, uh, do you happen to know what time it is? Uh, I don't know. I lost my Timo clock. It's Timo time! <laughs> Actually, it's it wasn't Timo time tonight. But uh, before that, it was Timo time! <laughs> um, Peter St. by the way, it's been evening, guys. Hey, what's up? Uh, good to see you here. Um, Aaron... A seven-game point streak for a team, unfortunately, ended tonight. But um, what, what's uh, what's going on with him? He's on fire, bud. It's one of my favorite words. It's called market correction <laughs> or phrases, I guess, two words. Uh, eight goals, five assists in seven games. That is not bad. He's a plus seven. Three power play goals and, an ass- and a power play assist and 38 shots on goal. The man Ooh. loves to shoot, so he loves sending rubber to the opposing goalies every night. Um, too bad he didn't he didn't score tonight. But man, did he have a bunch of shots tonight? He had some good ones too. He had some good looks. Yeah, isn't he leading the team in uh, in uh, shots on goal? Yes, uh, almost the league. Oh, <laughs> he's, really? He's up there. Yeah, <laughs> he loves to shoot, man. Yeah, like you said, uh, it just wasn't clicking for him in the beginning of the season. It seems like he's uh, he's got it figured out now, though. So uh, not tonight, obviously, but uh, in these last uh, few games, he's certainly stringing it together um doing a, a fantastic job peter st john that's timo like most scores when he gets it going let's go baby uh kellen foster says let's go baby <laughs> yep um be nice to see him uh continue that role so aaron i'm still a little conflicted here because again this entire time we've been talking about hey you know we want to get uh, as as good of a, a pick as we possibly can but gosh the sharks just kind of seem to be I don't know, getting just a little bit better every time we watch him right i don't know what's your take on this are you worried Am I worried that they're not going to get Bedard? I I never thought that they were going to get the number one overall unless they won the lottery. Like it wasn't going to be. I didn't think they were going to be the worst team here. There's a bunch of worse teams, worser, worser teams, more worser. Um, for instance, Anaheim still without a regulation win, and here we are, halfway through November. What's oh today? Yeah, today's the thirteenth. Uh, just 13th, about halfway yeah. through November, not one regulation win. So. They are man. Can you imagine that team with Connor Bedard? That will be deadly. Zagris is feeding him the puck all the time. Yeah. Oh yeah, no thanks. That wouldn't be fun to play against all the time. Yeah. Do so, not want. Yeah, hopefully Anaheim picks it up a little bit here. <laughs> weird <laughs> to say. Really weird to say. Uh, Kellen would like to know: Did you drink a victory beer for the W today, uh, Peter St. John? Peter, uh, go ahead and and respond to that one. But Aaron, uh, were you feeling celebratory? Um, I, it's so funny. I really don't like the shootout. I really dislike it (laughs) because it's a skills competition. It went to the fifth shooter, fifth or sixth shooter, and it could have gone either way. It really could have. And we would be here talking about a loss instead of a, a win. So I, to me, it's like, it was a tie and they did a skills competition to, to might as well do a coin toss. Like just do a coin toss here. It'll be quicker. Get these people home. The shootout is just blah. I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. Nick, uh, the statistician here, says leads the league with 86 shots. That's Timo Meyer. Pasta in second with 84, and Matthews in third with 73. That's pretty good company to be keeping for shots on goal. I wish the goal count was higher, or do I? Well, well again, what we just talked about, but it will be because, like again, like I said earlier, market sure. correction here. He's at 8.1 shooting percentage. He should be a little bit higher than that. So it, the goals yes. will be coming in bunches absolutely totally 100 agree okay hey guys uh before we continue on here 
if uh, you're liking the stream so far or if you can see into the future and you know that you will like the stream hit that like button uh, if you're not subscribed please hit that button as well and the notification bell lets you guys know when we're going live we don't do a ton of these shows usually just once a week so we're not going to fill up your inbox with a bunch of junk um so feel free to do that now if you want to support the show feel free the super chat is there and available you can put down a comment we'll read it off during the stream uh, or you can go to Venmo and at the Fin Factor, leave us a tip there. And again, if we see the uh, the comment, we will say it on the stream for you. So there is that. Um, okay, there's a couple other comments that are rolling in here. Um, I don't know. I haven't I haven't read this beforehand. So hopefully everybody's clean. Ha ha confession from Peter St. John. I haven't seen the game yet. Most of the beer drinking was done a long time ago when I was a kid. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, and then Ben and Gunsery saying, we are playing poorly right now. This winning streak is pushing us farther away from a chance of getting Bedard. Yes, Ben, that is my conflict right now. I, uh, I'm i enjoying the Sharks playing well. Um, my whole thing was play well, but then get the loss. Uh, try, to, try to make it entertaining, but stay in the hunt. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think we're, we're not going to be that team that's at the bottom of the standings this season. I think we're going to be just a little bit higher, unfortunately, um, and just not making playoffs. But is what it is. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead about the St. Louis game here. Aaron, this was a 5-3 loss to St. Louis. This is kind of the hockey that we were looking for. It's one of those games where we get to see the Sharks being the team that we think they're going to be, where there's uh, a small stretch of not very good hockey. For the most part, they stayed in the game. They made it interesting. They made it entertaining. Uh, but then again, uh, picking up the zero points in the Bedard sweepstakes. So uh, why don't you talk us a little bit through this game, uh, what what you saw, what you thought they uh, they did well or, or maybe didn't. Uh, I mean, lately, the Sharks mainly this season have been scoring the first goal of the game and then losing it. In this case, they did not score the first goal of the game, but they kept tying it. So it was going back and forth. So it went St. Louis, Sharks, St. Louis, Sharks, St. Louis, Sharks, St. Louis, St. Louis on the empty netter. So it was a very close game. Um, this was, I think it was a good game in terms of the Sharks like being able to bounce back on an away game in St. Louis. St. Louis is also a team that is better than they have been playing. Um, they are even below the Sharks in the standings, if you can believe that. They have less points than the Sharks. So um, this was a, for them, for their team, I feel like they were under a lot more pressure than the Sharks were to win this game. And they were fighting for it. So it was, it was a pretty tough game. But um, I just liked that the way that the Sharks were able to bounce back after each goal and basically pick themselves up from their bootstraps and score and tie up the game and keep going. So, um, yeah, I love these. I love that they lose because I want them to get a high <laughs> pick. <laughs> but I want them to play well. And I felt like they were – obviously, they they didn't play well enough to win and they didn't wasn't their best game. But I don't think that they – they're, they're never getting blown out in games. They don't look like they don't belong. You know what I mean? Like they're just kind of, they hang around and they fight and they, and they do good things. And to me, these are the building blocks going into next season that they're going to be able to build off of and be a much better team. So they're kind of going through all the adversity now, which we assumed was going to happen. Um, and this is part of it. So I don't mind these losses. St. Louis is a good team. It's hard to win on the road in the NHL. Everything's very close. And this was again, a close game. Um, we do have a clip here about from Logan Goodshire after the game and what he thought kind of not just this game, but other, other games as well. Like what's going on? Why can't they string together any wins here? So here's Logan Couture on, uh, on his reasoning. Yeah. Uh, played really well for spurts and, um, we didn't play well for about seven, eight minutes in the second, but then just, just big time mistakes that end up in our net and 
it's happening every single night. So we got to find a way to avoid making the big mistakes. Obviously, some mistakes are going to happen throughout a game, but the big ones are, are killing us right now. Yeah, they're just kind of shooting themselves in the foot. Like, if you think about it, some of these losses, they they were in control of the game. They were ahead um, most of the games and, and then end up losing it either – in the beginning of the season, it was the second period that was their nemesis. Then it became the third period that was their nemesis, and they couldn't even score. Now they're kind of balancing it out and figuring out their game, hence the wins coming up against both Dallas and Minnesota. I, I, I can't call Minnesota a win. It's just not a win. It's a tie. It's a tie with a bonus point. How about that? I'll call yeah. it that from now on. It's a mouthful. The competitive game against Minnesota is what you mean to say. Sure. Which is what it was, right? That's, that's that, what we want again. We want to be entertaining and competitive, which they did. We'll get to it, but they were down to nothing and they came back and tied it. That's great. They're not out of these games. They're not. They're not getting blown out. It's fantastic. It's fun to watch. It is still entertaining hockey. We're seeing Meyer just go on a huge scoring streak. Uh, Eric Carlson still kind of like creating offense and and leading the team and defenseman in the entire league in scoring. So. Makes me happy that the Sharks are fantasy relevant. There's some players on the team that you can pick up for your fantasy team. Like that's exciting because it makes it exciting to watch and see what they do. I'd rather five four losses or wins than two to one, one zero, three to one. Like those are just boring, boring games. So bring it on. I like it. It's fun. So in regards to what you're talking about, Peter St. John says, it's because we have about two and a half lines worth of bottom six veteran NHL forwards. Hey, buddy, uh, those bottom six veteran NHL forwards are going to be uh, trade bait <laughs> come uh, come trade deadline. So, I, again, I'm not at all mad with the pickups that we have. And we'll talk a little bit about depth scoring and that kind of thing, which um, I think this season compared to last season, there's no question to me that uh, the Sharks bottom six if you will, um, the, the second six uh, is definitely better than uh, what we had last season. So we had last season was like a revolving door of AHL talent. This is at least guys who have played in the NHL uh, fairly steadily and bringing some level of stability to that line um, to the, to the team really. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I mean, you know, we, we talk about a guy like Nico Sturm on and off the ice. How do you not love this guy? This guy for me is like the forward version of, of Mario Ferraro, right. In terms of the work ethic. Um, he does the right things on the ice. He says the right things on the uh, off the ice. He's he's scoring goals at a pretty decent pace for a guy who's in that second six, right? So I'm more than happy with Nico Sturm. Um, I forget what his contract is, Aaron. Do you remember what his contract looks like in terms of length? Yeah, I got it right here. He, I thought he was is, a three-year guy, wasn't he? He is a three-year guy. So this yeah. season plus two more. Yeah. And, and I'm hoping that he doesn't get traded away with those years on his contract to, to some other team. I hope that this is a guy that we stick with uh, because I feel like once the Sharks kind of turn this page in the next couple of seasons here with the, the young bloods coming up and in, uh, and then who knows what happens in free agency, but I feel like that's the type of a guy that you want on that roster. And I would not be shocked to see Nico Sturm uh, be a part of this kind of turnaround uh, for the team and hopefully maybe even signing a contract beyond that. But we're looking way too far ahead for that. Um, right now, what we were talking about was, you know, Logan Couture obviously had that clip where he was talking about what's going wrong. And then uh, lo and behold, next game, here comes Logan Couture with a Gordie Howe hat trick. First of his career again, uh, Dallas uh, Stars, we played a uh, five to four win and Couture gets a, uh, a Gordie Howe. Now, if you don't know, that's a goal, an assist and a fight. Uh, he fought Jamie Ben. 
uh, of all guys. Uh, Aaron, were you a little bit scared for the captain uh, trying to drop the mitts with Jamie Ben there? Because we've seen Jumbo do that, and it wasn't such a, a big deal. But that's Jumbo. Yeah. This is Logan. Yeah, Logan. What scares me with Logan is he has a very long history of concussions as well. So if he takes a good pop in the head, he, that could put him out for weeks or even months. So he needs to be careful with that noggin of his. Um, but yeah, that always makes me nervous. You know, you take any of those guys that are in the top six, if they're going to miss some significant time, the Sharks are really going to tank. So not that I want Logan to fight more because I want them to tank, but um, just not good. I, that's not the way I'd want to see it happen. So yeah, I mean, he's sticking up for his team. It's good for him. It's a good show of captaincy. Um, and I believe, I don't know, Jamie Ben used to be the captain. I don't know if he still is of the stars. I have a feeling he's not anymore. Um, but former captain versus captain. So um, fun, entertaining. Ben's a big dude, though. That, yeah. That's much bigger than than Logan. That's a different fight versus uh, Jumbo versus Ben. So, yeah, he could have gotten hurt. I uh, want to point out Anthony Sanchez saying Jamie Ben held back against Logan. Yeah, that's uh, I. Yeah, he's still the captain. Peter St. John says, um, yeah, absolutely. That that's Captain Matera right there to to recognize when you're fighting a guy who's not a fighter. You know, he's just somebody that needed to get uh, a punch in the face uh, for that that <laughs> the time being there and uh, delivered message sent. Thank you very much. Don't I mean to his credit, Logan does have a very punchable face. <laughs> I can see that. You're not supposed to say that as a charge. Sorry. Aaron, Sorry, Logan. I, I, I like him. He's a good guy. He's a good captain. Good, good player. Just punchable face. Just one of those punchable faces. See, I. <laughs> For those on the podcast, uh, my image on the screen just got decidedly bigger than Aaron's. Um, yeah. So this actually was the first Gordy Howe hat trick of Logan Couture's career, uh, and it's apparently the seventh latest, I guess, in terms of games played by a player to uh, have achieved that. So only six other guys have been older than him to get a Gordie Howe hat trick for their first. first Either older or games played. Might have been games played. I think that's what I'm saying. I'm saying games played. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Interesting stat, right? I mean, I don't know. Took him a while, huh? It's funny. Like, Gordie Howe took forever. He he barely had any in his career, which is weird to think about because it's named after him. But I think he has two in his career, if I remember correctly. And he's had a very long career. Um. But yeah, I whatever. It's cool. Cool to put Peter, it in your belt, kind of. Peter St. John would like you to define punchable. I think I'm going to give you this one here. I, go ahead. Define punchable. When you look at somebody in the face and you go, you have a punchable face. I want to wow. punch you in the face. That's a punchable face. That's pretty basic, but okay. Uh, Bear Bonoff scores his first goal of the season. Finally, Aaron. Finally. He's, uh, he's, this is one of those guys we were hoping for bigger things. Um and then again, he started off the season and wasn't with the, the, the team, right? Or I mean, he was with the team, but he wasn't uh, actively playing in games. So, um, you know, maybe just take him a little while to get the engine going here, which is mm-hmm. fine. But gosh, this is one of those guys that you're looking at going, if if this team is going to make any sort of push for anything whatsoever, he's one of those guys that needs to kind of get going. Um, I don't know, man. It's for, first of the season, do you think this is what gets the ball rolling? Does the floodgates open up for this guy right now? Or is it just going to keep trickling? Uh, he's not really like a goal scorer. He's more of a playmaker. So he's a guy that would get like 10 on a, on a great season, probably 10 to 15 goals. I don't think he'd get close to 20 and then he's probably getting 30, 40 assists. So he's kind of like one of those players. Um, I thought that game against Dallas was one of his best games. He was all over the ice. He was seeing people and making some passes. And even tonight's game, same thing. He didn't get on the score sheet tonight, but 
I thought I think his game is finally kind of like really peaking at this point and he's playing very well because he almost every time he's on the ice something happens that's that's it's a good sign of like he might not be scoring but man he's looking dangerous and he's making the players around him better and I think that's where he's at right now um he did start off the season hurt so he kind of you know he missed training camp he missed um all the preseason I think almost all the preseason games or maybe got hurt in the very first one I can't remember exactly but he missed a lot of time and then you know it takes a while to get back up to game speed so he kind of had his preseason and now he's in full form and he's looking pretty good so good good on him i'm glad i like to see him succeed uh he's one of my favorite players because he's so slick with the puck and he's very good at entering into the zone with it um so his zone entries are great and uh i think he's kind of on the half wall for the power play and he, and he looks good doing it he, he feeds you know it's kind of like where LeBanc was uh, a couple years ago when he was manning the power play on that half wall. He kind of took over that and good, good because I don't think LeBanc is as good as as Barabon off it. Everything on the ice, not just offense. You know, it's funny you bring up LeBanc, and um, I remember last I think it was just last episode actually. You were saying um, you see him. I was last episode or the one before. You were saying you see him as like the the setup man. And I was disagreeing. I just don't feel like he's the guy that is supposed to. Or that you would look to that you would say hey give LeBanc the puck we need a goal like let him set up a play that's not that he's not that for me right um I kind of feel like I would like to see LeBanc more as the trigger man you know I think he's got a pretty good shot maybe it's not elite but I think he's got a pretty solid shot and you've seen him shoot off with the right leg you've seen him shoot off the left leg he seems comfortable just unloading the puck from any situation and that's kind of where I I, I think I'd like to see Kevin used uh better um I don't think giving him the puck and hoping that he's going to make a play is the right call. I think give somebody else the puck that can get it to him and he can take that quick shot. Uh, that's what I see out of Kevin LeBanc. Uh, and I'm, I'm hoping he kind of, I don't know, kind of comes to form in terms of uh, shooting the puck a little bit more. I'm not sure what his stats. I know we looked at some of the stats uh, for guys that are shooting the puck and whatnot and high danger, this, that, and the other. Maybe we'll get to that uh, a little bit later on the show, but I'd like to see him kind of pull the trigger a little bit more. Um, I also like to see him stay out of the penalty box. And we'll talk a little bit about that one too. I'm sure. <laughs> Um, but let's see. So we talked about Barabanov scoring his goal. Timo scored again in this one. Uh, and then the second regulation win. So there you go. Yeah. And it's fun. It's, there's a significant difference in everybody that gets post-game interviews after a win versus a loss. Like the, the mood is so different. It's funny. Cause you're just like, Oh man, it's a regular season. There's 82 games. It's a long, long drawn out season. You know, losses can't really get down on, players that much but it absolutely is true so here's actually we have a clip here of uh of david quinn here after the win kind of he was asked about um kind of like uh i'm trying to trying to set this clip up here (laughs) he was asked about the sharks weren't didn't really get any shots off in the end of the third period uh almost a whole period they were just kept off the board and then he was asked about you know was it the scheduling was it hard like because it was a back-to-back and um did you have to make any adjustments than you normally would have done so um here is david quinn's answer to all of that well i think human nature kicks in for a lot of things i think they up their ante because they're down by two and we get a little bit safe and you know again i think that's part of our mentality because we haven't had a lot of success lately and you know you're up four to two and i think you know our mindset changes a little bit and you know we get conservative so you know we'll learn though we'll learn and uh you know we got two points tonight we sorely needed it did you make any adjustments along the way specifically because this was the second of a back-to-back? 
Yeah, we adjusted the fact that we were going to play better and have better breakouts. <laughs> That's pretty much what we focused on after last night's game. Um, listen, we want to play a certain style regardless of our opponent, regardless of the situation. And, uh, you know, we uh, we didn't make any adjustment other than the fact that we focused on breaking the puck out of our own end better, and we did that tonight. Fun, fun to hear Quinn laugh right and be kind of happy versus i think it was a week ago when he was like was a week ago two weeks ago i played a clip and he was so angry he's like oh man that's not the kind of coach i want to piss off and be in that same room with yeah uh yeah that was that was a good one it's it's not again like you said echoing those same sentiments it's nice to hear the coach kind of uh having a bit of a laugh there so um yeah good stuff from coach quinn um yeah winning makes everybody happy right winning makes everything better does it Absolutely. not yeah, yes. especially for the fan base. Winning cures all. It does. <laughs> Speaking of winning, uh, again, tonight's game, Minnesota. Now, you don't count this as winning. Fine. Uh, I do because it shows up as a win. 3-2 um, three, three, in the shootout, Aaron. Um, <laughs> what? Why? Nothing. Why? Nothing. <laughs> I just, I know. It's funny to me how much you hate the shootout. I just, I'm having a good laugh at myself here. Uh, something not quite so funny, though. Kevin LeBanc. Uh, making lots of mistakes in his zone. And I, there were two very unnecessary, like back-to-back offensive zone penalties that he took. And it's just, you hope that he kind of grows out of this because this has been a problem with Kevin LeBanc for uh, as long as he's been on the Sharks, I think, where he just kind of takes these weird penalties. Now, sometimes it's a, hey, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, put the puck in out of desperation, right? Um, and he swings the stick like tonight and gets a tripping call. Uh, sometimes it's just laziness, right? You're not skating as hard as you can, or you're letting somebody beat you to the outside, then you're just hooking or whatever the case might be. Um, yeah, today it was just, again, two kind of unnecessary ones where one of them was an interference call where he he was kind of just, oh, yeah, no, I'm just setting a pick. I'm just standing here, but he really wasn't. So uh, it was kind of egregious. So they, they called him for it. And then again, the other one where he just swooping his stick around. Um, I don't know. Now, see, you've said before, you know, hey, he was a sixth round pick, right? We got to cut this guy a little bit of slack. Um, and I get that. 100% I get that. But at the same time, he's a guy that's been re-signed to a purpose at a dollar amount where you would think that, okay, let's kind of grow out of some of this stuff. Um, but it's just it's just not quite there. Would you agree? Yeah. Uh, I think the reason he's getting ice time is because the Sharks don't really have a replacement for him. And also his contract kind of dictates that he needs to be playing because – He's getting paid to be a top six guy when he's not really a top six guy. Uh, Again, I don't mind him as a third line role, adding a little scoring punch to the third line, but he needs to round out his game a lot better. Taking dumb penalties 200 feet away from your own goal is just not going to do it. In fact, that was a tripping one. He was laying down almost in front of the crease and he tripped the guy when he's trying to leave the zone. So it's literally 200 feet away from his goal. It's just terrible. It's to me, Kevin, the bank seems like, he seems like a guy that was always the best on his team and never had to work hard, you know, like he just, he got by on skill and then he gets to the NHL and you can't do that at this level. Now he's kind of an in-betweener because at the AHL level, he's just going to dominate. I mean, it's too late for him to just get sent down, but he would, he's too good for the AHL NHL. He's, he's got some skills that he can put up points and score but his overall 200 foot game is not there. Um, there was another goal. I think it was tonight where he, he was at last, or maybe it was the other game where he um, had a turnover in the own, in his own zone. And he just a lackluster effort to get back and stop the guy. And they scored a goal off of it. It just happens a lot 
to him. And I hate picking on him. I don't want to like single him out kind of. And I feel bad about it because I want him to do better. But at the same time, and he's costing the Sharks a lot. I'm shocked that he didn't get benched after the two penalties that he took in the second period today. Um, I don't know if that was a numbers thing, but I, I'm shocked. I'm actually shocked. I wouldn't be surprised. I'll put it this way. I wouldn't be surprised if he scratched the next game or sent, you know, pushed down the lineup a little bit. I meant to look that up to see what his ice time looked like in the third period. Um, but then I, I scratched that idea entirely because I saw him in the overtime and I saw he got chosen for shootout as well. So, um, I don't know, maybe just short memory for the coach, right? Just, Hey, we know what the guy's capable of throw him back out. Who knows? Um, but the one thing that, uh, kind of beyond Kevin LeBanc here is that the depth, the depth of the team. Now you had a bit of a Twitter war, uh, war of words, with uh, one of the followers, I think. And um, it was about depth scoring. And um, I don't know. I, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll let you talk about that in a second. But, you know, you, you get Lorenz. Um, and he's doing his best uh, cunning garbage collector impersonation. I was going to have... Uh, <laughs> I was going to have Super Producer Jason uh, literally do a nasty cutout of uh, Lorenz's face and slap it on top of that, uh, that image you guys just got right there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, he was right in front of the net. And, uh, you know, just... It's just a bang bang kind of thing. The shot comes in, and here comes Lorenz and shoots it on his backhand. Got goalie makes a save, and he just falls up again. Just picks it up, throws right in the net. I don't know if you saw. I think it was Addison, the defenseman, when Lorenz went through the first time around as the shot was coming through. He kind of got a stick up, and Addison just, oh my goodness, like like he just got shot in the face, right? <laughs> um, and because he decided to do that, Lorenz was able to get that first shot. He got position to get that first shot. And Addison, as soon as he shoots it, Addison's like, oh, he goes and lunges for it. And then he sees the goalie makes a save. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. I guess we're good then. And then Lorenz gets the follow-up shot. And it's like, dude, for all – and again, this isn't a shark that I'm talking about. But for all the kids that are watching this, right, don't give up on the play. Like, continue to play the game until they blow the whistle, guys. Um, don't just think, oh, the goalie made the save. I'm cool now. Or, oh, I should flop in front of the – no, that guy's going to score a goal if you keep doing that. So keep playing throughout the entire way until you hear the whistle. And uh, thankfully, Lorenz uh, kept it going and scores a goal on that play. So it's the first one that the Sharks picked up in this game. And eventually, uh, we'll have, um, I almost said Marco, Nico's term uh, <laughs> taking a shot through a screen. I thought it went off the inside leg of the defenseman, but it didn't. It just went through clean. And um, man, what a shot uh, from pretty far away, too. And it just, you know, again, goalie just could not see through the screen. And Sturm just fires it in there. So you get some nice depth scoring from these guys. Again, Lorenz, who I didn't really have huge expectations for him. But Nico Sturm, I was really excited about him coming in. I didn't know uh, exactly how excited I would be. I'm, I'm This guy, I really do like this player. Um, so with he's got what now? Six goals on the season now, Aaron? Yeah, that was a sixth goal. So, I mean, it, this is a guy, when you talk about depth scoring, this is he's, he's not in the top six. And he's got six goals on the season so far. And we're what, how many, 13, 14 games in, whatever it is? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, games, games in. I would consider that depth scoring. Now, I'm going to let give you the floor here because, again, you had a little bit of uh, a little chat with some folks on uh, on Twitter, I think is what it was. So, go ahead. Fire away. I don't, re- I don't really like to feed the trolls, but uh, <laughs> this one just kind of irks me a little bit because he was he – was... <sighs> they were saying that uh, – that or they were claiming that Sturm was not depth scoring because he's one of the top six forwards on the team. Um, I mean, I can't disagree because he's scoring, 
but he is played on the third line. So to me, third and fourth liners are your depth scores. Um, if you're really interested, you can go to my Twitter and read about our back and forth. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought that goal through it, through the screen, through the guy's legs uh, is like a veteran move there. It's a, it's a good goal by a guy that knows what he's doing at the NHL level. Sturm again has just blown me away of how good he is and how good he makes the team because the you know the stuff in the locker room we don't see but I did put a clip in last week of him talking he's a very eloquent speaker um he's a good leader he's very very smart so he's kind of like like to me another Nick Bonino who had all of a sudden he's the uh shootout goal specialist we can talk about that <laughs> later but dang what a move um, but Sturm to me is like a guy that's a, a building block piece that you're going to want. And I'm glad he was signed for three years. Um, I was excited when he came in cause he just came from the Colorado avalanche. Um, he was on Minnesota and he got traded, I believe to, uh, to Colorado and won a cup with them. So, um, I just, I think he's a fantastic player and on a very good team, he's a fourth line center on the sharks. He's a third line center and he's third, I think on scoring goals on the team, which is, I mean, everything you'd want in a depth scoring player, this guy's doing it. Absolutely doing it. Plays hard every night, brings it every night. And I'm sure he's helping that locker room. You know, the last two seasons, we've been talking about a cultural change, right? Like this cultural shift. This is building on top of that. So um, love it. And I'm, I'm glad he's part of the organization. And I hope they do not trade him. I don't think they would. And I think if they do trade him, it's going to be a big haul because it's going to take a lot to pry him away. So I'm nobody is untradeable. I'm not going to say that, but it would take a lot to bring him to another team. Excellent point. I think uh, it, it'll absolutely take him uh, a lot to pry him away from the Sharks. So um, we're looking forward to how that develops. I, I would prefer that he just sticks with us for the the next few seasons, even if we're not going to be uh, you know competitive necessarily in these next couple of seasons, one or two. But in that third season, if we start turning things around, I'd love to see him uh, stick with the Sharks. That'd be awesome. Another guy who has um, kind of impressed me with his second chance here, I think, with the Sharks, we can call it. And he's a guy that has been, uh, again, as you said, with with Sturm, working hard um, and, and all shifts is Shimmick. And unfortunately for Shimmick, uh, he got hit, it looks like, on the chin, um, and he had to leave the game. So this is uh, – it, it just – it sucks because you want this guy to come back, um, you know, strong and healthy and get his opportunity, but – he just, you know, he takes one on the chin and now he's out again. So from last season where he just wasn't getting the chance to this season where he's getting that opportunity with all new eyes on him. And then all of a sudden, again, he's, he's out again. So um, I'm just, I feel really bad for Shimmick and I hope that he has a swift recovery and he's back soon. Um, it just, it just seems like no matter, this guy just can't catch a break. Like right now, I don't know what, uh, what else to say about it. Unfortunately, did you see the hit by the way? Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't okay. notice until later, and they're like, "Oh, Shimmick has been on the ice." I'm like, "Oh, what happened?" I didn't get to see well, what happened to him. Yeah, and I so, haven't heard an update either. Yeah, so he was uh, on the like the left side boards, and he was passing the puck up or dumping it out. What he had the puck briefly, gets it out, and um, the player I don't remember his name um, skated. He was skating in front of him, but then he actually turned his trajectory to go back and leaned back with his shoulder into him. So it was. I don't want to say like predatory necessarily, but the dude was trying to give him a hit. So um, yeah, it was just one of those ones where it's like, he's already released the puck. You're already past him. You had to make an effort to skate back, throw your shoulder back 
to, to make that connection. And now he's out for, I don't know how long. So um, we'll see so how it goes. A, they, was that was it a shoulder thing? Yeah, it's, it was a shoulder to the chin, I think is what it was. Guys in chat, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what it looked like. And uh, what's his name? Yeah, and, and um, oh gosh, Hannon, Scott Hannon on the broadcast was saying, you know, here, take a look from this angle. And Corey Mastek actually retweeted it if you guys want to check that one out. But um, from the other angle, you can absolutely see how he's coming like in front of him and then comes back to hit him. Um, and yeah, it just, it just doesn't look good. So, um, I don't know. Uh, I'm sorry. I got a little distracted there because I got Samantha Burtis in the chat again, who is not Samantha. <laughs> it's Jackson. Hi, chalk Puel. Puel. So this is Jackson, uh, Jackson's 10. Hey, uh, it's coach, not chalk. There you go. Coach Paul. There you go. <laughs> correct. Thank you, buddy. Hey, I uh, hope you're not in, in bed with your mom's phone getting yourself in trouble right now, kid. You better <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna call and make sure that you're not getting me in trouble. Okay. So um let's see, compare a hit to cunning hit. Aaron, do you do you remember seeing the cunning hit? Uh I never got to see the replay because I was there live and they didn't show it in the stadium. That's so right. I didn't get to look at it. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, Anthony, we were we, we were both there, I think, for that one. So, uh, yeah, we just didn't get to see it. Um, Peter St. John having a laugh at the whole uh, Coach Paul thing, I think. Um, yeah, go to bed, Jackson. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I think we want to do a roll call here. And then you've got something here that you wanted to bring up, something pretty cool uh, that we'll be attending. So why don't you go ahead and take this away? Sure. Uh, this Tuesday night, the Sharks are going to be playing against the Vegas Knights, and they are away. So there's going to be a viewing party that the Teal City crew is going to be hosting at S27 Alehouse Brewery. Uh, Paul, me, and super producer Jason will be there. So if you guys are interested and you're in town and you want to come, um, there's going to be trivia. There's going to be some um, merchandise to purchase. There's going to be raffles. There's going to be all kinds of stuff and a lot of people there. Um, I have not been to this brewery yet, so I'm excited to go to it. And uh, I, I believe Super Producer Jason has been a few times, so he loves it. And uh, Paul, I don't believe you've been yet either. So excited to check out this new spot. Possibly, maybe we'll do a little... We're not going to do a show there, but uh, we'll, we might do a little segment or something that we'll plug for... Uh, or that we'll use next week for our show. So come on out and uh, have a couple of brews or waters if you don't drink and watch the Sharks. Hopefully beat Vegas because... And I was talking about this in our fantasy league because we have this chat room and I was like, I, I don't care if the Sharks lose every game, but I want them to beat Vegas. Like I want them to be the bottom of the standings, but beat Vegas every game that they can. So I will be rooting hard for the Sharks. Mrs. Miller would be very upset with you, Aaron. It should be Paul, <laughs> super producer Jason, and I will be going, not me. Sorry. Goodness gracious. Uh, anyway, Anthony, uh, so this is the roll call. Go ahead. Fire away here. Oh, so uh, roll call. Tell us where you're watching from and if you will be going on Tuesday night. Um, Anthony, Anthony said, I don't drink alcohol. Alcohol, Can I go? Of course you can go. I believe I believe it's open to all ages. Not quite sure. So that would mean you don't have to be 21. Um, don't quote me on that, though, because I don't know. I'm sure Super Producer Jason knows much better than you do, and we'll put it in the chat momentarily. However, yes, they also uh, if you food. don't drink alcohol, yes, I'm sure they have water and other things that you can have it says right there actually non-alcoholic selections along with the taco cart who doesn't love the taco cart 
If you don't love the taco cart, you can leave the stream right now. Um, also, I've got Peter St. John wanting to comment on the whole Jackson situation here. Paul, looks like your guy Jackson is refusing to go to bed. Insubordination? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Insubordination. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah. So, so are you, you looking forward to this? It sounds like it's going to be a fun time, man. Should yeah, be good. I'm excited. I mean, yeah. I don't get out much, so I'm excited to go out <laughs> and watch a game. It's exciting. Nice. Oh, my goodness. All I'm right. not going to lie. Um, Moving on from that, let's uh, we'll get some some comments going on in there. It'll be nice to check out the roll call and see. Uh, we'll go back to that one in just a bit here. So, Aaron, are the Sharks a bad team or do they just have bad luck? Now, you've gone through and you've looked at a whole bunch of stats with regard to high danger chances and whatnot, and it seems you've done a little bit of digging on this. So um, why don't you go ahead and explain uh, your take on this? Sure. I'm piggybacking off of Corey's article, actually. He just covered this last week. I thought it was interesting because to me, you know, you watch the Sharks and you're like, they look better. To me, they look better than they have in the last three years. Um, They're getting what seems like a lot of chances and I feel like they're not scoring on them. Well, there's actually data to back this up. So we took or I went through the data on Natural Stat Trick, which is a website, and uh, they define high danger chances. This is kind of a, a definition or a, a, a formula kind of, of if you, you know, not all shots are the same. There's shots that come from the, from the blue, from the blue line that are not very dangerous that the goalie will either glove knock off, or you don't even hit the net. Um, then there's sharks that are the sharks. There are shots that are very close to the net that are a lot more dangerous. So high danger chances kind of basically loosely defined right in front of the goal. So in a certain space, this little square in front, they call it the slot. Um, mainly that area makes most people will be scoring from this high danger area. It's also one of the hardest to get open. And um, this is, if you think about when Chichu and Thornton were playing, this is kind of where Chichu made his bread and butter. He was always able to get open in this high danger area. And Joe Thornton, especially at that time into the prime of his career was always going to find his stick. So, um, this this is like that's probably the best way to think about it. Um, so going into that, the sharks are they good or are they bad? High danger chances for now. You have to think, you know, the sharks played their first two games of the season earlier than everyone, so they kind of have more games than everyone. Um, but they are six for the most high danger chances for, and that was after this game. These stats are coming from after the Minnesota game. Um, so they had 174 high danger chances for, which ranks them sixth most in the NHL against they have 153 which ranks them at 25th so not great but again they have more games so they're going to have more chances against but the good news is they have more than they have more for than against that's that's probably the best way to look at that um but this is where the telling part is high danger goals for they only have 11 and they're tied for 30th in the league and against they have 20 almost double and they are tied for 25th against that. This is kind of where the difference is. Now, this this last part, and I know I'm getting a little stat heavy here. High danger shot percentage. We're looking at 8.66%. They are dead last in the league. So, yes, your eye test is showing you the sharks are terrible when they get their high danger chances. Like you see all these chances they get in front of the net, and you're like, well, oh man, they just either missed the net or the goalie saved it or whatever. Um, they are 8.66%, which is dead last. The next 31st 
percent or 31st team is at 11.76 percent uh was at three percent higher which is huge when you're condensing that much stuff so um again i'm going to use this word again or this phrase market correction hopefully that goes starts to go up but this also plays into the talent level that the sharks have or don't have right at the forward position most of these are going to be forwards you're not going to get a lot of defensemen getting high danger chances so most of these are speaking to your forwards that are like Cunning, your garbage collector in front of the goal doing their job. So interestingly, um, if you take a look at the high danger chances for by player, Timo Meyer has the most on the team with 35, right? He's got seven goals. Unfortunately, I can't tell how many of the goals are high danger goals because they just didn't put that as a stat for me. I'm sure it's somewhere. Unfortunately, I can't find it. Um, the next in line is Logan Couture at 22. So that's a whole, what, 13 chances different. So Timo Meyer is getting in the slot and he's, uh, he's doing work. The unfortunate thing again for Timo was he was snake bit. So his shooting percentage is 8.05, which is in lockstep with that was a 8.66 that you were just talking about. Right. So it, I mean, it seems like it goes how Timo goes essentially. Right. Um, but yeah, after that, after the 35, uh, high danger chances for, for Timo, it's, Logan and Hurdle with 22 apiece. And then you got guys like Cunning, Lorenz, Nieto, LeBanc, Sturm. These aren't names that, um, you know, are going to score lots of goals, really. So, um, you know, is, is it that they have bad luck or is it that the guys that they put in those situations are just incapable of finishing? Uh, I think with the exception of Nico Sturm, because he's got six goals on the season so far. Um, interesting stat, by the way, is Evgeny Sveshnikov. Um, he is, his shooting percentage is 20%. He's only taken 15 shots. He's got, uh, three goals. So, uh, give that man the puck. Uh, same thing with Nico. Nico's got 20% shooting percentage right now. Now, again, it's going to be market correction and everything else, but, um, it seems like whatever they're doing seems to be working at the moment, uh, which is good. But, um, yeah, in terms of the high danger for everybody else on the team, not named Timo Meyer. I mean, okay. Hurdling and Kutcher. Sure. Those are big names, but like these, these aren't guys that, you know, are going to be scoring lots of goals. Now, Cunning's in there as at the number four, right? In terms of mm-hmm. um, the high danger chances. And that's why we have the garbage collector slide for him. Um, Cause that's kind of what he's going to do. He's going to get in those dirty areas. And he's going to try to bang them home. Uh, the unfortunate thing for, for Cunning is uh, he's really only got the two goals on the season so far. And I don't think any of them are five on five. I think they're both power play. So um, yeah, it's just kind of like, well, where's it going to come from? Right. And I can understand where people are saying, well, there's not, there's not the depth scoring, but again, you take a look at some of these names that I just rattled off. There's only a goal here and there, maybe for them, a couple goals here, four goals for hurdle, six goals for Sturm, three for Sveshnikov, right? There's only a handful here and there, but it is coming from kind of everybody down there, at least. The only ones that I see that haven't really scored are Nick Benino, Gadjevich, Lindblom is unfortunate. Um, <laughs> and then, then you've got the monstrosity that is Eric Carlson <laughs> with 10 goals. Uh, you wanted to hear about his high danger chances? This is a, a hilarious one. Guess how many high danger chances Eric Carlson has? Less than a dozen. Five. <laughs> you got a blue liner, right? But still, right. It's, it's the fact that he even has five in the first place, quite frankly, is pretty awesome. But Well, um, think about it. He had that breakaway goal in overtime. It's probably all overtime stuff. Yeah, 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 true. There. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So, I mean, again... <laughs> Is it that they uh, have bad luck or they just don't have the personnel? I think they're doing the right things in terms of getting the play to to uh, create a high danger chance, but I don't think they have the guys there that can actually finish it. So um, I don't know. Maybe hopefully we see that changes a little bit down the road here, but um, that's kind of been my take on on that whole question.
question that we posed. I, here, so. I think they have good luck because they're getting their chances, but they have bad personnel and they're not scoring on them. So it's less luck about the goals and more of not enough skill to be put. In. I mean, think Nico Sturm, right? Should be a fourth line center on a good team. And this guy would bury those chances or has been. Um, now you fell in that third line with some better players. Now you're, you're looking at probably 20, 30 more goals as a team collectively than you would. And that's probably the difference of being a bubble playoff team and not. So there's your, there's your big chunk right there. What's missing, which I think will be coming next season. Hopefully. So, uh, it looks like all of my, um, my roller and uh, ice family is coming out of the woodworks here. So Stefan Paklov, that's uh, as a parent of one of uh, one of the kids that my son plays with. Uh, we, <laughs> we aren't a big offense threat, but our PK is top notch. Uh, absolutely. Aaron, what do you think about the PK so far? They've been doing a pretty decent job, huh? The PK has not been a problem for what the last five seasons. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> they keep, keep doing what they're doing and they have figured out, penalty killing and it's fantastic because as soon as that disappears it's going to get ugly so that's <laughs> that's helping save this team absolutely speaking of saves he brings up another good point here Stefan. uh we aren't i'm sorry no that was kellen saying this the goaltending is saving the pk i have to agree with to, to some extent um not so much that the pk needs saving because i think the pk is pretty good on its own but the goaltending specifically james reimer has been phenomenal i will say that um i think couple cocking has got a little bit more growing to do, and that's okay. But uh, James Reimer has been absolutely lights out for the Sharks, win or lose. Um, he's given you everything he's got every single night. Uh, absolutely love the guy, and it'll be sad when he gets traded this season. <laughs> <laughs> the Sharks needed a goalie like Reimer that's going to keep them in games, and that's absolutely what he does. Tonight's game that you saw, it if you watched the game, you would have seen how many times he – Sure, they went down a couple goals, but um, he kept them right in it. And sure enough, the Sharks are able to to bounce back and score two. So um, that win is definitely win is well deserved by by Reimer tonight because he definitely stands on his head most nights. There's there's not many nights where he gets chased out of the net because he's playing poorly. You know what? That's actually an interesting point. I do remember just even just a few seasons ago, it seemed like Martin Jones. Uh, that whole saga where it was like almost every other game he was getting mm-hmm. swapped out or it, one of the goalies was was uh, getting pulled. Uh, we really haven't seen a whole lot of that this season, have we? No, no, I don't. If, think if at I, all, I don't know if. Yeah, I don't know if we've seen a hook yet. Maybe for Kakinen, but not for Reimer. Um, let's see here. Yeah, um, I I know, I know that we said we were done talking about him. Okay, <laughs> I know that we said. The saga was over. No, but it, it's it. This is a. This is. I just hope he's okay, and I want to wish him well. Okay, Go ahead. if you didn't catch this, folks, Evander Kane <laughs> of the Edmonton Oilers, and this isn't a laughing matter, but uh, he got knocked over, wrist on the ice. Pat Maroon uh, skates across the wrist. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's a hard watch because, uh, you could see him kind of, uh, getting up and running over as fast as he can. Um, I did want to just bring it up just very briefly, just because it was yeah. kind of like, wow, no, I, it's fine. I it's, I refuse to watch it. I just don't want to, I heard about yeah. it. I don't yeah, want to yeah. watch it. Cause I I've seen one, I've seen a different one where the skate comes up and hits somebody yeah. up here and 
you know, when you when it happens, you're like, wow, you forget how sharp those skates are, how dangerous this game is. And I'm I'm shocked this doesn't happen more often. More skate injuries, you know? Yeah. It's, it's very dangerous. It's scary. So yeah, if you if you didn't if you didn't see it, yeah, essentially what happened was Pat Maroon uh kind of accidentally skated over uh, Evander Kane's wrist. Um he had to cover up his wrist as soon as he could, skated over to the bench. Um the you know, hats off really to uh the the staff, to the the medical team that's there. Um and I think they were away, so they didn't really have like their own facility. They just kind of had whatever they they have with them, um, whatever that may be. And they were able to um, get that taken care of. And then the ambulance came and, and um, I, you know, he said that basically once the ambulance got there, things got a lot easier and whatnot. Now he's going to be out for a little while. Um, but again, I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to bring up Evander Kane anymore, but for the reasons that we were bringing him up previously, th- this time around, it's a little bit different. I just want to wish the guy well. Um, and I hope that he has a, a speedy recovery because he was, he's on a, he's having a great season. I think it's like 12, 13 points and in, in almost as many games. Well, he scored so many goals last year for Edmonton that he really was like the catalyst for that team, uh, getting them going and, and getting them deeper in the playoffs. Um, I, I feel bad and I, I never wish well or ill well against other people, even, you know, doesn't matter how good or bad they are. And just yeah. would never want that. Um, I was reading some doctor who posted on Twitter when it happened that, uh depending on the severity of the cut it could be like you know he could could have tendons could have been cut and you would need some surgery to repair it and i don't know what the final outcome was and how how much the damage was but it's going to be i think he's gonna be out three to four months so he won't be back until after the all-star break practically uh which is just too bad so yeah uh anthony the nastiest skate incident in the nhl's buffalo in the late 80s yeah that's all i'm gonna say don't Google it. Don't look that up, Clint Malarchuk. Don't look that up. Um, no. So anyway, um, yeah. Anyway, I just I just want to say, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where again we didn't want to bring him up anymore, but right. when it's something like this, I feel like we should just kind of you know, hey, we wish you well, bud. Um, not that he's watching us, but like Abs- we we wish know, him absolutely. Well. I, I, kudos to that to that training staff, and yeah. and this is why there's an ambulance at every single game to. In case something like this happens, there's no tragedy on the ice. They're able to save people's lives, literally, and uh, keep keep the game playing. So thankfully, the, uh, all good news, and he was fine. So Anthony Sanchez saying Kane is out for four to six months, but the Sharks will be back on Tuesday against Vegas. Aaron, uh, we talked about this a little bit already just because this is the uh, viewing party that we had already talked about, but... Um, yeah, so they'll be playing against the Vegas Golden Knights. This is one of those games that, gosh, we uh, we hate to see, but uh, it's on the schedule. There it is. So I don't know, man. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I don't think the rivalry is quite what it used to be, especially since Reeves is no longer a part of that team. Um, but, and, and of course, because the Sharks aren't really um, competitive with them. <laughs> but um, I don't know. What do you think about this game? Uh, are you expecting anything? And then if there's any last little thing you want to wrap up about the, uh, the viewing party, go ahead and fire one. Well, I think the sharks kind of um, play up to their opponent. And right now Vegas is second in the league. So I think it'll be more interesting than you think it would be. I mean, their, their Achilles heel is their goaltending. I don't think that's a secret. Um, they're lucky that they have enough goal scoring to prop it up, but they have basically a rookie kind of a rookie. And then they have Aiden Hill. We know what Aiden Hill brings oh. and what he doesn't bring. So um, 
I'm hoping the Sharks can score early, open up the game a little bit, and uh, maybe not get a shootout win, but a regular win. Because last year, who was it? Uh, Bordalo had scored that beautiful shootout goal against Vegas that put the hammer in the coffin for them where they missed the playoffs. It's fantastic. I just only wish for more of that. So hopefully the Sharks can um, can pull out a win here. I would be very, very happy. And I'm sure we would be very happy at the viewing party that I hope some of you at least will make it out to. Uh, so tell your friends, and if you're local, definitely come out to the viewing party. Again, this is at S27 uh, Brewery. Uh, it's in San Jose. It's right off of Kurtner Exits, off of 87, kind of right around there. So just south of downtown, not too far from where the Sharks play. And uh, we're going to have a good time. And, and you know what? We're going to actually raffle off some of our own swag while we're there. So we'll bring a hat and a shirt combo to raffle off. Why not? Let's do it. Okay. So Aaron said he's uh, he's going to pay for the hat and the shirt himself so that we can <laughs> raffle it off. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Yay. Um, <laughs> Anthony Sanchez with the right idea here. I just hope the Sharks play physical and finish their checks. And then Peter St. John has a question for you, Aaron. Are you a little bitter that Vegas is doing so well? Uh, not bitter. I'm actually a little shocked. I thought they would be doing a little worse than they are. Uh, bitter's not quite. Th- they're a good team, but I, I just don't like them. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so uh, we're done with the, uh, the Vegas game here. Then moving on from Tuesday goes to Thursday against Detroit. Again, Aaron, um, is this going to be one of those games? I know Detroit hasn't been like the most flashiest team lately. So um, what do you see in this game? Is this another one of those ones where the Sharks maybe end up playing down? uh, Or are they going to be kind of competitive in this one? Detroit's kind of a team that's on the up and up. So they've been very down the last couple of years, kind of accruing some higher end picks and, and prospects. So they're starting to kind of put it all together. Um, I think they they're going through some injuries this this season early in the season. So not quite there for the taking, but again, the sharks kind of play down to their opponent. So that one's rough. I'm going to say, uh, and you know, what's going to suck is I, I don't know. For those of you who remember from back in the day, Detroit used to be in the same division as the mm-hmm. sharks, which is just odd because they're on East coast time zone, but um, they used to play here a bunch. And every time they would come here, there's a lot of transplants from Detroit. And so SAP used to turn into Detroit Haven for all of uh, Red Wings fans. And this is probably in the late 90s, mid to late 90s. I guess all the 90s, all the early 2000s. Um, then they switched eventually over, I think after the lockout, they switched into the East Coast um, conference, so the Sharks didn't see him as much. But since they play once a year, you'll probably see a lot of Detroit fans there. And it's on a yeah, Thursday yeah. night. I, I feel like the Sharks are really filling the arena on Saturday nights, not so much on Tuesday, or definitely not Tuesdays, but Thursdays are kind of a little weak too. Um, so don't be surprised if there's a lot of red in the arena, but it should be a winnable game competitive at least. Uh, but we'll see. I want to go back to the VGK game just for one comment. Kellen Foster saying, uh, good Joe, number 23, Bordelow, number 23, the new number 23 is Limblom. Does he score? I hope he scores. That's a guy I want to see start scoring. So, Another I want to see Oscar on the board. I agree with you, buddy. I, I if, if if for anything else, uh, just his own career. I want to see him kind of exactly. launch pad himself again, have a resurgence. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So uh, look for a good one. That's now that one's at, at home, the Detroit game. We, we finish up the road trip in Vegas. We come back home on Thursday for Detroit. We continue that home stand through Saturday against the New York Rangers. Aaron, uh, David Quinn's former, former team. And speaking of Reams, this is where he's at now. So maybe we'll see a little action with, uh, with, with, what's his name? Reams? Reams? Reeves? Reeves. Sorry, I said Reeves. Reeves. Blah. It's late. Tired. It's almost 10. Um, yeah, so uh, this will be a great game. Another bunch, you know, original six team. So back-to-back original sixes. We're going to see a lot of Rangers fans, especially since the Rangers have been pretty much a cup favorite. There's going to be a lot of fans in the stands on Saturday. What are you going to say? I was going to say Lundy chimed in here and said, Aaron seems bitter about Braun being traded a couple years ago. <laughs> I don't think so at all. Lindy, you are projecting, my friend. Nobody said a word about Braun. (laughs) That guy. How many Braun jerseys do you own, Lindy? I'm Uh, just curious. That is a great question. Lindy, how many Braun jerseys do you own? And do you you own ones that aren't Sharks jerseys? I was going to say, do you own one for every team that he's been on? (laughs) Uh, Anthony Sanchez is making the uh, assertion that Limblom looks lost on the ice. Doesn't look like a fit for him as a shark. You know, maybe that's it. And I haven't really like watched him with that mindset. Like, does he fit? Um, I don't know. Aaron, do you think, I feel like the way that the guy plays, he should be a fit for this team. Um, do you, do you feel the same way? I mean, he's, he's one of those guys that, you know, you, you expect him to use his body, his size. And and when you look at the guys that um, David Kuhn wants and the guys that, um, Jim, Mike Greer uh, put on, put together, assembled the roster. He seems like he'd be a fit, but it just doesn't seem to be working out. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that could be part of the coaching staff too, not liking what he's doing. So, um, I don't know. I, I just, I want to see him get his kind of confidence and swagger back a little bit. So maybe he's just not there. Maybe it's not right for him. Maybe there's some other stuff going on outside of hockey that just isn't playing well with what he is trying to do here. Um, I don't know. And then I'm not going to try and speculate about anything either, but sure. um, that's a guy that I definitely want to see hope to have a bounce back com- compared to like where he was three years ago before he had all this cancer stuff. So um, I don't think he's, I don't, we're not the only ones that are bummed about this. Yeah. And again, it's not so much, gosh, I want the guy to produce for the sharks because you know, reasons, but I, I, I think for, for him just as a player, gosh, I would love to see him bounce back. You know, it'd be such a good story for him, you know? Um, and I was hoping he'd be able to do it here. And then, you know, if, if he plays himself out of San Jose by, you know, getting a trade somewhere that can actually use him, um, for, for a playoff run great for him, you know, but, uh, it just doesn't seem like it's, that's kind of in the cards right now. So, uh, yeah, I'll, we'll keep an eye on that. And actually I'll, I'll kind of start watching the games more with, does this guy seem like he fits and, and, uh, maybe I'll have another answer for you, uh, next time around here. So. There you go. Okay, uh, Aaron, any last second? I think we're done here, aren't we? I think we are. Okay. Excited for Tuesday. Hopefully I can see some of you guys out there. Yes, absolutely. And uh, do us a favor. If you have purchased any Fin Factor swag, uh, please wear it. That'd be awesome <laughs> to see you guys with the uh, hats and shirts and fanny packs. If you have fanny packs, rock it, people. Okay, they're making a resurgence. Uh, maybe not, but we're going to try. So uh, <laughs> anything you got, feel free to bring it over there and uh, we, we'd love to see you guys. So yeah, um, if you purchase anything, we can do free delivery if you show up on Tuesday. Oh, did you clear that with super producer Jason yet? Because nope. 
he's nope. gonna slap you nope. when this is done. So any oh orders God. that come in by the end of Monday. See? Yeah. Oh we'll my just, goodness! We'll yeah, hand dude. deliver them. <laughs> yeah, now you're completely covered up. That's oh, Super Producer Jason, you are phenomenal. You're amazing. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, <laughs> by the way, Lundy says he's got two brown jerseys amongst other things. So there you go. Okay, hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Really do appreciate you uh, jumping in the comments. Even if you're 10 years old, hiding your phone from your mom, we appreciate you guys so much. Thanks again. Um, if you guys want to support the show, feel free again. You can do that with the super chat. You can do that through Venmo at the Fin Factor. You can go to thefinfactor.com and you can purchase any of the products that we have there hats, shirts, um, water bottles, fanny packs, stickers, whatever. We got a lot of stuff there. So uh, feel free to do that. And then, oh, Lundy's upset with me. I answered the question and didn't read it. I did. I said, you've got a couple Braun jerseys amongst other things. I think he said two Burns jerseys and a Couture jersey. And none of them are autographed. Or the, none of the Braun jerseys are autographed. See? I read it, sort of. Again, whatever. Anyway, um, you, got, you guys feel free to support the show that way uh, if you'd like to. So we would appreciate you for doing that. Thank you so much. And again, if you're going to show up on Tuesday, please do. But if you do and you have any of our swag, please show up with it. That'd be awesome. We'd love to get some pictures with you guys. That would be great. Okay, so um, Aaron, any last second thing that you want to say in a very tiny voice? Nope. <laughs> All right, cool. For Super Producer Jason, I am much larger sized Paul. And I'm tiny Aaron. Oh. And the people on the podcast are so confused right now. But we will see you guys <laughs> next week. Next uh, week. Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday, yeah. <laughs> Tuesday and then next week as well. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.